Hi, welcome to the podcast. John Campbell here is your host. I'm a veterinarian and professor at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. This week, we've got something a little bit different for you. I recently attended the Livestock and Forage Center of Excellence Field Day here at the University of Saskatchewan. It was a beautiful day. There were lots of producers and extension people, as well as grad students and researchers all meeting together in a big tent just outside our facility. You'll be able to hear all the crowd noise and people talking around us through this interview as there was lots of activity going on just before the day started. Hopefully the quality of the recording is still okay for you to hear. Parked just outside of the main meeting tent was a retrofitted ambulance. And inside that ambulance, I met and spoke with Dr. Anatoly Trakimchuk. Anatoly is a veterinarian, originally from the Ukraine, who now works as the chief scientific officer at our local veterinary diagnostic lab, Prairie Diagnostic Services. He has advanced training in veterinary epidemiology and is currently working on a PhD as well as carrying out his full-time job. I talked with Anatoly in the back of this old ambulance about the future of veterinary diagnostics. Have you ever taken some samples from animals on your herd and sent them away, maybe from a postmortem or from some fecal samples, blood samples, and sent them to the lab? It takes a long time to get an answer back. Have a listen as Anatoly describes the problem. So, uh, thank you guys. Uh, I guess the reason why we are here because we realize that uh, traditional diagnostic lab is, is really quite outdated. We are basically sitting and waiting uh, for you to, to send us samples and that only happens if there is a real problem and people can't figure it out. So it needs to be serious enough and it takes very very long time. So if we move really really quickly it's basically one or two days to get a sample to the lab and then for us several steps involving culture, sensitivity, all, all the th If you're lucky five to seven business days you can't sit and wait and see your animal suffer and die. It's just not happening. So we realize that and we are very, very actively looking for ways to improve. First of all, turnaround time, but ultimately, how can we be helpful where the help is actually needed? Anatoly is going to go on and describe some of the new technology that they're using rather than the old-fashioned traditional culture techniques that we used to use to identify bacteria. As we're chatting in the back of this ambulance, Anatoly reaches behind him and pulls out a little plastic model of the DNA molecule. You've all seen it before, the building block of life. He's going to describe how this new technology works. So there is hope, and this hope actually uh, comes from the basic code of life, DNA, right? So we all know every living thing got DNA in it. And we have seen this double helix, and it looks simple. But if you start looking really closer, it's not that simple. Anatoly's pulling out an even more complicated model that shows the four chemical bases of DNA. Adenosine, cytosine, guanine, and thymine. The combination of those four chemical bases make up the messages that DNA holds. And... In Anatoly's next section, he's going to describe those as A, C, G, and T. As he describes this new technology for reading the DNA of various viruses or bacteria, he's picking up a small box, about the half the size of a deck of cards, which contains the technology for this new Oxford nanopore system that can identify DNA within a sample 
within minutes rather than days. Uh, those ATGCs, they're all different and they have all different bumps and, and things. So uh, Oxford Nanopore Technologies, it's a company. Uh, so right here, basically you're looking at a $1 billion investment from the National Institute of Health. It took $1 billion to figure out how to make a little pore in the membrane big enough for a, one single strand of DNA to fit. And then they engineered a spe special protein so it's, it's actually an engineered protein to hold it. And then they engineered a motor. So this motor actually allows DNA to step one thing at a time. Because DNA is electrically charged and there is a current on both sides, there is a charge on both sides of the membrane, DNA just wants to zip through. But the motor makes it step. And when it steps, there is a change in electrical signal. So electrical signal can be recorded and can be interpreted. So this is how we can actually read those ATGCs from a DNA that we can capture from a sample. Anatoly now picks up a textbook uh, that is fairly large uh, to make his next point. And if you're talking ATGCs, so E. coli, uh, three to five million those ATGCs. So this is this book is actually a recipe for E. coli. It's a pro approximately this big. So if, if you want to make an E. coli, this is the book. So that's principles of biochemistry. Well, no, no, it's, it's, it's a size. Book. It's <laughs> a size. Yeah, it's about a thousand pages, right? Yeah. So, so that's just one bug. If you're talking a cow, we are talking actually 7,500 of these books. So it's a truckload of these books. So lots of information. However, uh, with the sequencing devices that Oxford Nanopore are producing, we are able to get up to 150 gigabases. So it's a semi-truckload of books coming out of this little flow cell. And the amount of information is insane. It's really insane and it's so rich. It allows us to get so much information out of this DNA uh, about what kind of bugs are there, uh, what are the characteristics of those bugs, are they related to known troublemakers? And even we can start looking into the host, right? Into the cow. So first of all, is it stressed cow? Uh, secondly, what are the characteristics of this cow? So people are doing both diagnostics and characteristics of an animal. So breeding value, all kind of other things. Anatoly has a few other things in the ambulance beside him. He has a small little machine, which he's going to refer to as a robot. It's about the size of a coffee maker. It can extract the DNA from the sample in question. And then he's got a high-end laptop along with a fairly sophisticated data storage device, which will then process all the information from these devices. All of the equipment in question would fit on one coffee table. And really the biggest advantage, we can actually do it at the point of need because the technology is moving ahead really fast. So this little, little robot will help with extracting DNA from a sample. This little thing will help preparing the library. Sequencing with this device can happen in this mobile lab. And then all you need for analysis is here too. So we can do it within hours. We can provide useful information. Uh, it is still a very steep learning curve. And for us, I think it's time to start thinking how this technology can be useful because Oxford Nanopore, they are talking $20 per human genome cost within the next five years. 
So sequencing per se will be too cheap to worry about, but the interpretation of the data and application of the data for decision making, both on animal health and animal production, that would be the biggest, biggest challenge. And I think this challenge comes with several uh, distinct points. First of all, uh, developing applications for specific questions, specific needs. Secondly, uh, developing this critical infrastructure to support this as a sustainable service. So uh, data transfer, data storage, data processing, compute, artificial intelligence. If you're talking a truckload of these books, human being cannot handle that. So it needs to be artificial intelligence machine learning. So that's the journey we are on. Uh, I think it's a very exciting time, very exciting place to be. We're really being empowered to do things that were not possible before with this technology. Awesome. Thanks, Anatoly. That's the show for this week. I just wanted to share some of those insights from Anatoly about where diagnostics are heading and how things might change in the future. Instead of waiting five to eight days to get an answer on a sample, we might be able to do it right there on the farm or even back at the local veterinary clinic within hours. It's probably where things are going down the road, uh, but it may take a little while to get there yet. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next time.